At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. It is always a pleasure to be coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And, Pritch, we are one week away from Super Bowl 56. You're going to hear us say this all throughout the day, so just get used <laughs> to it, and you're going to love it by the end of the show here. But absolutely fired up for this game between the Rams and the Bengals coming up all week long. We have a great, great, great uh, list of just trends and things to back and all these sorts of informational nuggets that you want to know for side totals and props. And one way that we can help people out with those informational nuggets, if, if you're not subscribed to Point Spread Weekly, you're doing it wrong. Go to vcin.com, subscribe to Point Spread Weekly. Make sure you're also getting the big game betting guide because that's where you're going to get all your informational historical trends on how Super Bowls tend to play out. Steve Mackinnon has done a fantastic job with this. Josh Applebaum, your co-host on Betting Across America throughout the weekdays, has done a fantastic job with these trends as well. So once again, subscribe to that stuff. VEASAN.com, Point Spread Weekly. I'm sounding like a shill right now, but I only shill products that are good. So this is a very good product. Um, a couple of trends, Pritch, I want to bounce off of you as we begin. What's trending here? Super Bowl edition. And it's interesting because they back both sides, and I want to get your take on which one you think has more credence. Super Bowl teams, Pritch, with line movement in their favor. So whenever the line moves in your favor are 11-5 and five ATS. That is 69% since 2004. The Rams open 3.5, now 4.5 at most shops. The next trend, Pritch, Super Bowl underdogs are 13-6 and six against the spread over the last 19 matchups when they're getting three points or more. They improved the eight and two against the spread. So that one backs the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. Which trend would you lean on more with this Super Bowl game coming up here in a week? Well, first of all, um, you're not a shill because, I mean, you're right. I mean, point spread weekly has made me a better better. There you so, go. I mean, I highly recommend it. I mean, you, it's incredible. If you want to get like Pritch, That's you know right. what to do. That's right. And, <laughs> and, you know, the thing about playing, you know, you know some stuff, right? But from a betting standpoint, it's completely different. But uh, Steve Mackinnon is incredible with these trends. Josh Applebaum's incredible, too. I would back this dog one, though, because, okay. you know, we have two four seats. We have a Rams team that lost the last game of the season, and they could have been, what, a two-seed? A two-seed, yep. <laughs> I mean, they lost that game. I don't know why people are forgetting that. They lost that game against the A game the that they needed. The yeah. game that they needed at home, they needed to win that one, and they lost it. And they were leading it. They were, they were in command of that game. The Bengals, on the other hand, you know, they didn't play that last game. They sat out. Uh, so you get both teams hot, these dog situations, in the month of December, and it carries over for the Bengals. And through the playoffs, they've been uh, outside of the Raiders game. They've been a dog in all the other games. So uh, the road dog situation, I, I, I would back the, the dog one, 13-6 uh, and six ATS over the last 19 matchups. Uh, when they're getting three points or more, they improved to 8-2 and two ATS right there. So yep. 
yeah, out of these two, I, I would look at the, the Bengals one or, or the dog one. Joe Burrow in his career, 12 and 7 against the spread as an underdog. That's 63%. The Bengals this season, 6 and 3 ATS mm. as underdogs. That's including five straight. They've gone 5 and 0 ATS when getting three points or more. The situation they find themselves in on Super Sunday, Pritch. So this is lining up like the Bengals, man. You're, you're once again, they're being doubted in the market. Right. And we've I've been a doubter of this Bengals team all throughout the playoffs here. I have my hand up. Look at me. I'm the idiot here because I, I didn't bet against them against the Raiders. I didn't bet that game the side, but I hammered Tennessee right. minus two and a half closed four. Bengals went outright. I hammered Chiefs minus seven Bengals win that game outright. You're not going to find me here fading the Rams, at least in terms of the point spread or fading the Bengals. I should say with the point spread, because this Bengals team, I, they're getting it done. They like, are. I, I got to just shrug my shoulders and say, I can't doubt this team any longer. Right. And they lost to the 49ers uh, earlier on in the year, early December, 26 to 23 in overtime. Yep. Uh, and that's a team that the Rams were very familiar with, too. So uh, I, I, if, if the Bengals do not have your attention, obviously they're in the Super Bowl. Maybe people are thinking that they're lucky. Cinderella. But, yeah. uh, go back and look at some of their games. I mean, it, the adversity or uh, resiliency of this football team is off the charts. And I don't want to – it's not a complete – parallel situation or a full comparison, but a lot of people said that the 2001 Patriots were very lucky to be mm, in the Super Bowl. Right. Everyone said that the tuck rule mm. and that the Raiders should have won that game. They probably should have won that game. <laughs> uh, but like they said, they, oh, they beat Pittsburgh. That was a little fluky. Now they're going up against this greatest show on turf team, the St. Louis Rams at the time, and they win that game. I believe it's two touchdown underdogs. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a situation sometimes there's the secret sauce with the team. I don't know if the Bengals had it. Pritch, you're going to let us know later on in this week if the Bengals or the Rams have the secret sauce, right. but I, I'm not the one that's going to sit here and say that the Cincinnati team has been lucky to get here because they're clearly doing something right if they find themselves in the Super Bowl. Pritch, the next trend I want to bounce off of you is that the straight-up winner in the Super Bowl is 46-6-3 against the spread. That is 88.5% <laughs> in Super Bowl history. The underdog has never covered a point spread without winning on a line of less than six points. So so it's almost indicating, Pritch, if you like the Bengals, just take them on the money line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and there would be nothing wrong with that either. Um, I, I, you know, looking at the trends, too, and again, I'm, I'm factoring this in because I was able to talk to Steve Mackinnon during the week and, um, uh, you know, ask him the question about two four seats. Like normally these trends, we're talking about a one seed or, or somebody who uh, was one of those Super Bowl favorites that way too, right? An elite team. An elite team. An elite team. And, and the Rams preseason, because of the names involved, were, they were one of those teams that were expected to be here, whereas the Bengals, nobody expected the Bengals to be here. So I wonder how the trends play out in that regard. Like can, it, can we see a new precedent, in other words, because we do have two lower seats? Yeah, this trend, it's interesting just when you see that. And it's kind of gone in line with what mm -hmm. we've seen throughout the playoffs right. as well, of that it's just a game of pick the winner. Right. Whether it's an winner. underdog or a favorite, just pick the winner. If you like the favorite to win the game, they're probably going to cover the spread. If you like the underdog to cover the spread, they're probably going to win the game. Mm -hmm. So it's just a situation where pick the winner, take it on the money line. If you like Cincinnati, lay the four, four and a half, whatever you shop at, if you like the L.A. Rams. So that's the question, right? Do you, okay, if you, do you feel comfortable laying four and a half with the Rams right now? 
I don't feel comfortable at anything about this right. game. I, I can't. I mean, I don't really trust either coaches, okay. Sean McVay or Zach Taylor. Uh, we saw Sean McVay pressing in the NFC title game. Zach Taylor, he kept going back to that first down runs. Even Tony Romo on the broadcast was like, why do they keep running on first down? They're setting themselves up for second and 10, second and nine every single time. And credit to Taylor, I guess. He didn't. He never wavered, and it ended up winning the game. Yeah. But sometimes it's not good to be stubborn. Sometimes yeah. you need to adjust, and we'll see if he falls into that trap against this Rams team and if they're able to get them in second and long because I don't think you want to be in third and seven against the Rams when they know that you're passing. That's never a good recipe. Well, one thing to keep in mind, too, is uh, Romo did a decent job on that. I mean, they had a plan to convert, mm-hmm. and well, obviously the Bengals were able to move the chains that way, but um, it was a different animal, too. It was Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead versus Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Like, yeah. Matthew Stafford on the field – uh, a volume of minutes or volume of possessions. You're not, you're worried about it, but not like you would be with Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not the boogeyman. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. He's certainly not that. Uh, or a unicorn. So uh, I, I don't want to take what the Bengals did against Patrick Mahomes and think about, okay, they're going to have to try to do that against Matthew Stafford. Maybe they're going to be more conventional. Uh, against uh, the Rams in this matchup. The next trend I want to bounce off of you, Pritch, is the team with the better record going into the Super Bowl all-time is 29-19 and straight up. But they've lost 11 of the last 12. Most recently, the Chiefs last year, better record than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won that game going away. Mm -hmm. Will you fade, follow, or forget this trend, Pritch? Again, I think I'm going to forget it because uh, I have two four seeds here, and uh, I have two teams – uh, that got hot. Uh, again, I'll, I'll go back and I'll feature the one with the Rams. Uh, if, if you think, okay, the Rams have the better record, but yet they still lost to the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, okay, the Bengals, uh, they, they have the di- different record, and they're, they're lucky to be here where they swept the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was a playoff team, uh, and then they swept the Ravens, which, I mean, they're still the Ravens, right? And uh, they haven't done that. Uh, and, and so, and also this team, the Bengals, have, they've established something that has never, ever been done in the National Football League either, uh, <laughs> even though their record isn't as good as uh, the Rams. So I, I'm, I'm going to forget the trend. I, I think the 2-4 seed situation kind of is a new precedent for me. I think with the two four seeds, it kind of just goes to show over the last 12 years, which is trend is talking about is that this is a league that is driven by parity. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, and especially this year for some reason stands up more than any other year that I can remember is that there was no elite team in the NFL this year. There were some good and some very good teams, but nobody was elite. Like, okay, this is like a juggernaut type of team. Thus we find ourselves with a playoffs that was absolutely insane. Close games all throughout and the ball bounces here or there could have just gone off a totally different scenario to what we have right now dealing with these two teams in the Super Bowl. So it's like, I, I just, I, the, the fact that this, like, I don't th- put too much into the record hold, all right. that thing, like the better record, this and that. I just think it just goes to show that nobody's great. So maybe that's more fodder for maybe taking the points or maybe just taking the Bengals to win on the, on the money line because nobody seems to be the overwhelmingly good team last mm-hmm. one we I got we got about a minute left here okay. last trend in the last 17 years Pritch the average posted total has been 50 with it has been 50 to 46 and a half points scored 10 of those 17 games have gone toward the under will you fade follow or forget well I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, this is a tough one because I, I like to over the 48 and a half yeah. uh, so I mean fade that thing well well <laughs> if they score 50 I'm good though right I mean yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> good point yeah no I I, I know there's familiarity uh, aspects in this one uh, but to piggyback on what you were saying 
uh, with other trends and, you know, no elite teams and how wide open it was. I mean, if Tart catches interception, we're not talking about the Rams. 49ers, Bengals. Right. So <laughs> I, I, I think people have this opinion that the Rams are just that much more superior. And they could be. They could blow out the Bengals. But mm. it just doesn't feel that way to me. Last three Super Bowls have gone toward the under. Another thing to kind of keep in mind here before placing bets on sides or totals. On the other side, Alex Schiffer, Brooklyn Nets beat writer for The Athletic, joins us. Will Harden be traded? We'll discuss it next. With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here as we are discussing all things Super Bowl 56 that's coming up in one week. But that's not the only big news in the world of sports here, Pritch. The NBA is taking center stage, the trade deadline coming up. So to help us get set for all of that news, we bring in the Brooklyn Nets beat writer. Pritch, there's some things going on with the Nets team. So we have to kind of discover what is going to happen here. He is Alex Schiffer, the Nets beat writer for The Athletic. Alex, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. We got to start where the, all the news from earlier this weekend came out. James Harden, he's out today against the Denver Nuggets, but will Harden be traded between now and the deadline and how would a potential move affect this team? I mean, it's the question, you know, it seems like there's, you know, the first Sham Sharani, my colleague, has reported the Nets are more open to dealing in than before. Then a report last night that, you know, he uh, Harden told ownership he wants to stay. He's out today with hamstring tightness. So it, it's just been a whirlwind of, of kind of like looking over the sky and like what, what what's really going on. Um, you know, I, I tend to lean a little more toward him getting dealt just based on all the smoke there. But, again, we'll see. And, I mean, you know, uh, in terms of a shakeup, I mean, it really comes down to what they get back in return. You know, we're talking about a team that if they were to lose James Harden, they're not going to have Kyrie Irving for home games. Um, Kevin Durant is still hurt and isn't expected back until after the All-Star break. And, you know, who keeps this team afloat? would probably be on the return end of that deal. So, you know, is it, is it going to include multiple teams? I mean, if I were the Nets, I would really want Tyrese Maxey, but I think he's become too good to touch. Um, you know, people talk about Seth Curry and Danny Green. Seth Curry's obviously uh, Doc Rivers' son-in-law, which people think might be a hurdle for them. So it, what this looks like, I, I continue to wonder, is it just going to be, if it happens, a straight net sixers trade, or are there going to be more teams involved given how protective Philly seems to be of their assets? You know, Alex, it does get very interesting here because um, what you mentioned, what, what are they going to get in return if they trade away Harden? It's not going to equal certainly his impact on the team uh, because of the Irving situation. But, but then 
when you have the big three and they really haven't been the big three, what is it, about 37 to 40 games together on the court? Like the Nets, they not even, even that. Sixteen not, games. Wow! 16 games. Wow! Okay, Jesus. I was I was giving them a little room there. But so how how are they how are they going to expect this to work in the first place when it hasn't really worked to this uh, level yet? Well, well, that's the whole thing is that you know um you know this era if they were to make the trade would be over before it ever really got a chance to start, and you know they're they're in a very heavy. Um, Road heavy time of their schedule right now. I'm coming at you from Denver, and we've been on a on even started last Saturday in San Francisco. So uh, six game road trip, and then they have two more later this week, and then after that, I mean, Kyrie Irving played more than half of the games um, he's eligible for. So they're they, you know if them getting to 20, um, 23 games total, it's hard and where to come back. And they don't make the trade. That might be the ceiling of total games that they would have had together going into the playoffs. So. It, it's crazy that they would that they would blow it up um, before it really got a chance to start. At the same time, Harden and Irving are free agents this summer. They both have player options they could decline for, um, or opt into. And you know, I, I think that the bigger thing is is that um, you know I, I think some of James Harden's frustration talking to Brown is that obviously, given what we've just discussed, like this isn't what he was expecting when he came to Brooklyn. He was expecting this three-headed monster that they would form. And it's barely been able to come to fruition. So I think that that his own injuries and and that that inability to to really get on the court with these guys is the root of his frustration. Not really directed one way or the other. We're speaking with Alex Schiffer, Brooklyn Nets beat reporter for the Athletic, talking all things Brooklyn Nets. Alex, I'm looking at the standings here. Brooklyn right now, four games out of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They're the current sixth seed after losing seven straight games. But when I look at the betting odds, the Nets are still the favorite to win the East at plus 175 at BetMGM. They're the favorite to win the NBA title at plus 325 here. Do you agree with this team? in the sense that there still should be thought of as this juggernaut who ultimately will win the championship, or is the team that is eventually going to just derail due to chemistry issues and having to trade one of their best players? Yeah, you know, there's, there's so much uncertainty right now. If um, I'm not a big gambler, to give you a heads up, but um, <laughs> if I were holding a futures bet for the, for the Nets with the playoffs, I wouldn't feel good about it right now just because of all the uncertainty with this team. The team that I think isn't getting enough talk about for the title is Miami because they have a very good trio with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam. They defend, they're versatile, and they also could get Victor Oladipo back. You know, to me, and, and Eric Spolstrom is hands down the best coach in the NBA to me. So I, I think that they're not really getting talked about enough to win the whole thing. If the Nets are fully healthy, I don't see anybody stopping them. But there's so many ifs with this team right now and uncertainty. It, it's just kind of tough to, to feel confident putting money down on them. You know, Alex, I, I hate speculating, but let's say the Harden trade does happen and it is Ben Simmons, like, right? I mean, that's probably what everybody's looking at or leaning towards anyway. I mean, does Ben Simmons work uh, with the Nets out there uh, with KD uh, and, and certainly Kyrie Irving as well? I, I think he could work. I mean, first off, he's a great defender. You know, they, they were a top five defense early uh, early in the season, and now during their seven-game losing streak, they, they rank 29th in defensive rating. Um, I don't think they stole the 30s. I admit I didn't check it late last night after those games. But um, uh, either way, they're in the cellar. And, you know, his playmaking and passing, I think the Nets offense is at its best when the ball is moving. Um, so I think that those two things he really fits very well into. And he gives them a lot of length, obviously. The, the biggest question for me is just if Joe Harris isn't coming back this season, which there is a possibility, 
they do not have a lot of outside shooting outside of Durant, Irving, and Patty Mills. And that is where, to me, it becomes a problem. Uh, ben Simmons is good for just about everything at full strength but hitting threes. If they don't have Joe Harris, what do they do to kind of offset their their shooting woes? And, and that's, again, does they get Danny Green back in the trade and he is the poor man's Joe Harris? Or is there something else there to uh, – is there someone else out there for them to get to, to help with that? Alex, do you think we'll ever see Kyrie Irving become a full-time player this year? Is that a possibility, or is he going to strictly do this part-time player thing? I mean, Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, says there's no change coming to the mandate. Um, so I don't see – we're in February right now. I mean, I guess we revisit this conversation in March or April and see where we're at as a country cases-wise. Um you know, I don't. Again, I'm, I'm not a uh, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but if we if there's another variant that pops up, that probably doesn't help the cause. I think the more cases go down, the better it uh, the better Tyree's chances are. But it, he doesn't appear to be getting vaccinated, and, and he's made his stance on it. And you know, it's kind of up to that mandate to get lifted to make him full time again. Wow, this, this this was looked at as a team that was a absolute juggernaut prior to the season, and it has been all off the rails ever since. Here, Alex, we got to ask you one last question. Nets taking on the Denver Nuggets today over in Denver. They're eight and a half point underdogs. Total two twenty six and a half. But I just got to ask you just about the just the straight up victory. Like, is this, well, the losing streak seven game losing streak? Is that going to get snapped today, or are we looking at eight straight losses for Brooklyn? I would lean toward the latter. I mean, they're, they're sitting in the front court right now. It's out Lamarcus Aldridge and Nick Klass is out today due to hamstring issues. Jokic picked them apart at times the last time they played. Um, and, they, you know, they just look so disinterested out there Friday in Utah. And in a couple of other of these games, like, does it change today? I have no idea. But I think just recent history and in how they looked Friday, I think Denver wins and they cover. He is Alex Schiffer of The Athletic covering the Brooklyn Nets. Alex, we, hopefully we can speak <laughs> on better terms because this one felt a little somber for the Brooklyn Nets there, but it is one of the more fascinating storylines in the NBA, and you've done a great job covering it all, and we wish you the best of luck going forward, buddy. Always appreciate you guys having me. Give my buddy Jeff Parles a good uh, ribbon for me. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Will do. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> I mean, this Nets thing, Pritch. I know. <laughs> it's See, just. I was referencing two years, like all of it. I think it's been about 30-something games in there. Yeah. But it, this year, Alex was mentioning this year, it's been about 10 games but uh, for the big three. You've seen the injuries ever since they've gotten James mm -hmm. Harden, Kyrie Irving, his injuries. Kevin Durant now is currently hurt here. It just feels like it was just never meant to be almost. Like there's some sort of outside force that is preventing this from being a successful big three that we all thought it would become when they made that trade for James Harden. Absolutely. And if, Am I missing something? I mean, is Danny Green still legitimate outside shooting? <laughs> I mean, every other night. <laughs> every, oh, other. every other third night. Yeah. <laughs> a fortnight. <laughs> he'll have it. He'll have his game where he goes seven of ten from three. They'll okay. have the games where he goes zero for eight right, from right. three. So, uh, whichever side of the variance you get it on, it could be a good night for Danny Green or it could be a poor one. But I think this Nets team, if they get Ben yeah. Simmons, maybe it maybe. can become salvage if Ben Simmons uh, re-engages yeah. himself. That's a whole nother thing that we have to even get into with how he has not played throughout this season. But it's an interesting thing to to kind of deep dig deep into with the trade deadline coming up later on this Thursday. On the other side, the pros perspective with Pritch. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network.
Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge? Or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. Welcome back. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here. We are one week away from Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. We're at the halfway point here, Pritch. Halftime has come, but it's not going to be as long as the halftime of the Super Bowl <laughs> between the G-Funk, <laughs> Dre, yeah. Dre, Snoop, right. Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. We'll get into all that stuff all throughout the week. I'm sure there'll be interesting props, maybe not in Nevada, but elsewhere. Um, but we wanted to get at halftime. The pro's perspective with Pritch. For those who are the uninitiated, Pritch played nearly a decade in the NFL, Seahawks, Falcons, Broncos, you name it. Pritch did it. And we want to get his perspective on this big game that is the Super Bowl. And the first clip, Pritch, I want to play for you here comes from Matthew Stafford, the L.A. Rams quarterback. And he was asked by the media about kind of the finality of the last game of the year. The playoffs, you're always concerned. You don't want it to be your last game until it is the big game, and that's where the Rams find themselves as well as the Cincinnati Bengals. And what it's like being in this situation to where there's a good chance you're not going to ever play with these guys again. Here's what Matthew Stafford had to say to LA Media earlier this week. The biggest thing for me is just getting to continue to play with this group of guys. Um, every year a team is different. The group of guys is different. And uh, this is just a special opportunity to continue to play with this group, which is amazing for me as a player coming to this team my first year and, and getting to uh, getting to continue to play. So I'm just enjoying that, enjoying that process and taking it day by day. You know, it's interesting, Pritch, because we usually don't talk about this in NFL. Maybe in college sports we talk about the mm -hmm. finality of things, but in the NFL we never really discuss it. How much of a factor do you think this plays into a final game like the Super Bowl, knowing that the rosters are going to be different probably a month from now? Right, right, because the business of football suggests that, right? Mm -hmm. One-year contracts, uh, those kind of situations too, and uh, are you going to be able to afford to keep everybody together? But each and every year it's like a snowflake in the National Football League. It's different. Uh, and I think Matthew Stafford certainly recognizes that uh, and also recognizes the opportunities or lack thereof out there in Detroit. Probably never imagined he'd play in a Super Bowl being a quarterback for that franchise. Now he's with the Rams and he's embracing every moment, right? And I, I think, you know, there was a time during a year in which he felt the pressure uh, and he was asked repeatedly about that situation, but he handled it. He got through it. Uh, but absolutely, he does appreciate this moment. He appreciates the players, his teammates, and then the reunions, too, that will follow uh, if you get the win. The fact that this collection of players accomplished something. Uh, you got reunion after reunion and party <laughs> after party later on in life uh, with the group of guys that you won a championship with. Well, Pritch, for those who don't know, you won a national title at Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, 1990 mm -hmm. was the year. What kind of changes when you do win that championship with that collection? Now, you were in college when you did this, but it still applies to winning a big-time national championship, applies to winning a Super Bowl. What kind of bond does that form amongst that group of guys? Well, I mean, I think uh, brotherhood, really. That's, that's what you've accomplished. Uh, for me, it was a four-year journey because – uh, the class that I came in with, we could have went anywhere, like Eric Bieniemy, Alfred Williams, mm -hmm. uh, Canavis McGee, uh, George Hemingway. I mean, all these players that were phenomenal players. But 
we chose to go to Colorado to win a championship, and then we accomplished that goal. So uh, you can only imagine, you know, reunions that we have or the brotherhood, uh, the fact that we're all brothers to this day. You have to tell me some of those stories of the reunions. I will. I will. We don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> right? Right? But, uh, no, I think for the Super Bowl it's the same way because uh, I know plenty of players that won rings uh, in the National Football League, and it's the same thing. Like, whether you win two in a row, uh, whether you win one, and then they're kind of spread out. Uh, it's just the friendships and the bonds and, and it's the special moments that you realize that were there when you won that championship. Yeah, I think that's a, one of the cool things that us outsiders will never understand. It, like, remotely close to what it actually is just because oh. you guys are the ones that put in all the work and mm -hmm. you kind of dream of these situations whether it's a national title or a Super Bowl and then once you actually accomplish it it's got to be one of the cooler feelings you could ever have. It, it really is because it, it supersedes money, all that stuff. It's, mm -hmm. it's so much more important because you were champions that year and you're going to celebrate the fact that you were world champions uh, in that instance and, and they can never take it away. I mean we hear the sound bites but it's so true. Uh, the moments in the locker room, Femi, uh, are so special when it comes to just understanding the sacrifice that you and your family went through and uh, the blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, it's cliche, but it's so true. What, what, what we go through, what these players are going to go through or certainly have gone through all year long, you can't define it. Yeah. Like, we were talking about injuries and what these guys are trying to do just to get on the field to play in this game, uh, let alone try to survive an entire regular season schedule and then the playoffs and then get to this big moment of the Super Bowl. It's everything. It's, it's everything to these players right now. I think that's the cool thing about sports just in general of just like – this is a competition. It's not like, like there's competitions in all, all facets of society and everything, mm -hmm. and everybody wants to be the best at what they do. But sports is the one thing where you're trying to be the best and somebody is actively trying to prevent you from being the best. And when you actually accomplish that goal, all the obstacles, that's what makes it one of the pinnacle of things. That's why people love sports. That's right. It's one of the last things that people actually actively watch together live. So it's a, it's a, it's a really, really cool dynamic that it brings to us. The next clip I want to play for you here, Pritch, is just about Sean McVay. You discussed this earlier on in the show for the folks that didn't catch it in our number one, but Sean McVay has tends to kind of outsmart himself at times here. And he was asked about this in terms of implementing a game plan and what he learned from the last time he brought the Rams to the Super Bowl. Here's what he told reporters in LA. What I thought I did a mistake of the last time was you have the mindset that we want to put the majority of it in before we travel to Atlanta but in the back of my head, I always knew I had another week and you're tweaking and different things like that. And I think I tinkered with that too much. Being able to trust, you know, having a process with how you study the film. There's 20 games of inventory. You can drive yourself crazy if you watch too much. But being able to specifically delegate the time appropriately, put your players in what you think is the best spots, but not chase ghosts with having those two weeks. What comes to mind instantly is paralysis by overanalysis. Right. And I want to ask you this question, Pritch. Having the extra time to prepare, these two teams have two weeks to prepare for this game. Is it a blessing or a curse? Well, I think it's a blessing because you get to be healthy. Um, uh, I think anytime you can get some time off uh, to get back into the weight room, to get out there on the field and condition, you're going to be in tip-top shape. Now, you're still going to have some nagging injuries or situations with your body, uh, but you're going to feel better than you would if you played the next week, right? Uh, so 
I, I like that aspect. I also like the fact that the distractions with the Super Bowl, you're going to be able to take care of that, whether it's family, friends, who's going to the game, where we stand, what kind of travel are we going to have. And so you get all that out the way, too. And now when you get to L.A., you can just focus in and lock in on playing this game. Uh, for the few days, you get into your routine uh, of a regular practice week. You travel. Uh, now you're going to travel. That's different. And then, okay, you got the media day, which is going to be completely different. That's a circus. But then once you get that out the way, then you got preparation. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, let's go. Uh, so I, I like that aspect of it. A lot of players I've talked to uh, who's been through that experience, they certainly love the fact that you get that week off to kind of just refocus. And then you get to focus uh, on game week. So, uh, I, you know, McVay – can he overanalyze and look at all the tape? And But I think ultimately you have to be who you are. Yeah. You know, you, you shouldn't change who you are just because you're playing somebody different. Yes, they're looking at your tape and you're looking at their tape. You might have a wrinkle or two. You might have spotted something that you can exploit. But for the most part, you're going to run what you've ran all year long and you're going to execute at the highest level that you possibly can in this game. It's interesting because Sean McVay took the Rams to the Super Bowl in 2018 – in Atlanta, they mm -hmm. lost the Patriots 13-3, to one of the more embarrassing moments of Sean McVay's career as an offensive guru to only score three points in the biggest of games. If you remember that game, they saw a different defense because that's Bill Belichick, right? Yep. And they weren't prepared for it because they – I mean, everything that they worked on, they were not prepared for uh, yeah. because Bill Belichick completely changed what he's – what they saw on film. So uh, I, I think that was a learning lesson from McVay. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, what can the Bengals get to? They're not Bill Belichick. They're not that type of, <laughs> of team, right? So maybe this time around, McVay is going to feel more confident about they actually what they actually work on. Well, it's interesting that you bring up learning lessons because I think it's almost fascinating how Zach Taylor was on that staff mm -hmm. with Sean McVay that went to the Super Bowl. He's not the normal first-year head coach. Now, he was not the head coach. He's never been a head coach in a game of this magnitude, but he almost might be able to also learn from the mistakes that McVay made as well to not repeat those mistakes now that he's actually in this situation. Do you think that's a benefit to Zach Taylor, having seen McVay kind of overanalyze and know that he shouldn't do that here with the Cincinnati team? I think so as a play caller, for sure. Um, you, you don't want to be – you don't want to deviate away from what got you here. Uh, you certainly want to stay disciplined. But you do understand that you have to have a level of creativity because mm -hmm. they know exactly what you do. Yep. Uh, so, but you have the personnel. You don't have to be too elaborate. You don't have to be overly creative. Uh, just make sure that your players can execute. And I think that's the learning lesson. Yeah, it's almost the fine line of being who you are, but adding a little wrinkles here mm -hmm. and there because right. there's 20 games of data, like Sean McVay said, that everybody knows what you're doing, what you love to run in every single situation. So you got to have a curveball here. <laughs> we don't have curveballs. We only throw high heaters on betting across America. On, on the other side, Arash Markazi, ESPN Radio, joins us to discuss the L.A. Rams. Bet 60, folks. Let's go. Wager 
$1,000. Get a $1,000 wager here for BetMGM. Using the bonus code VSIN1000, your first wager is risk-free. Like I mentioned, up to $1,000. All you got to do is register for BetMGM. Go to BetMGM app or BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free. Eligibility restrictions do apply, though, so visit BetMGM.com for those terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. But like I mentioned, VEASAN 1000 is the bonus code. First wager risk-free over at BetMGM. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here, coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We are one week away from Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. And to help us give the L.A. perspective, we bring in Arash Markazi, host of the Arash Markazi Show on ESPN Radio. Arash, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. You're stationed out there in L.A. How fired up is the city to be hosting the Super Bowl, and will we see a home field advantage for the Rams come Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's excited. I mean, this is a, you know, a culmination of a team that really put all their chips at the center of the table. They were hosting the Super Bowl this year. They wanted to play in that Super Bowl, obviously win that Super Bowl. Um, you know, it will be a home field advantage in the sense that the Rams are wearing their home jerseys, staying in their home locker rooms, staying in their home uh, practice facility. I mean, it, it, it will really feel like a home game, and, and I think a lot has been made about how there are certain Rams games where you, they don't have the majority of the crowd, so let's just say it's a 50-50 crowd. The Rams are used to that as well, so I think the, you know next Sunday will go a long way in terms of Los Angeles really embracing the Rams as their team. You know, Rush, I wanted to get your thoughts on the fact that the Rams, I mean, uh, the fact that they could win two games last week, the conference championship, okay, then the Super Bowl at their home stadium uh, and become champions. Uh, but they had to do it against the 49ers, and, and they almost didn't do it. <laughs> and then the last time out there, certainly on that field, they did lose to the 49ers. So uh, the Rams and their psyche, Arash, uh, I kind of want to get your thoughts on uh, not only being at home this way, but but this stage, this moment. I mean, are these players, I know they're veterans, and I know they've been in the Super Bowl. Some of them are the headliners for sure. Uh, but the majority of these players, I mean, how much are they talking about this moment right now? I think they're all talking about it. I mean, they all came here for the sole purpose of playing in this game and winning this game. When you talk about a year ago, you know, Matthew Stafford being traded here during the season, Von Miller being traded here, and Odell Beckham Jr. I think it is all towards getting to this game and this point. And so, you know, this is a a culmination of a year's worth of, you know, dreaming, planning, and so clearly – they took a tough road to get there in terms of losing that last game of the season to San Francisco, having to play a, a tough NFC championship game against them. This all comes down to just one game now. We're speaking with Arash Markazi, host of the Arash Markazi Show on ESPN Radio, talking all things L.A. Rams as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals in next week's Super Bowl. So you mentioned that all these guys have been building up to this moment, the trades, the free agents. So do you think that there's added pressure for this Rams team? Because the Bengals look like they're the lovable underdog. America's behind them. Everybody loves Joe Burrow. Is this Rams team kind of feeling a heightened sense of pressure entering this game as the home team? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure. You know, they are the favorites. They are the home team. They've been built for this position. You know, I mean, Cincinnati had an amazing run to get to this point a couple of years ago. They were the worst team in the league. So for them to be here, I mean, clearly Cincinnati wants to win this game as well. But when you talk about the Rams playing at home, being the favorites, and really what, what it will mean to them, what it will mean to the franchise to find a way to win this game, it's massive. And so there's a lot of pressure there. But I think that those guys are kind of comfortable with being in that position, you know, because when you make all the moves that they made, they kind of embrace that. You know, Rush, uh, Matthew Stafford did have some pressure, uh, and he was asked that question repeatedly through the course of the season. He had some mistakes, but I think he ironed them out, and certainly he's more confident as a quarterback right now with the Rams. But this stage, it's like it almost has a feel that Burrow would be used to the stage because he just recently won a national championship in the spotlight. Uh, Matthew Stafford in Detroit really never had this type of spotlight or this stage. And so uh, what's been the feeling – uh, of everybody out there with Matthew Stafford on this stage. We'll be able to handle that. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think when you look at the, the best games Matthew Stafford has played with the Rams, it has come in the postseason. I mean, he has had his moments during the course of the regular season, but, I mean, he's really saved his best ball for the postseason when you look at the game he had against the Cardinals, the game against Tampa Bay, and then last week to ascend the Rams to the Super Bowl. And, yes, but by the way, you know, Joe Burrow's played some big college games, uh, but – there's nothing that compares to the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. So I think they're, they're kind of both on the same playing field there. Uh, Arash, the Rams are favored by four and a half in this game, total at 48 and a half. But I want to stick to the spread here. L.A. at four and a half, that's a significant favorite in a game that's being played on a quote-unquote neutral site. Now, L.A. is in their home stadium, but there'll be Bengals fans at SoFi Stadium next Sunday. How do you see this L.A. team handling this in this favored role right now being favored by more than a field goal? Do you agree with what the odds makers set this line of the Rams being four and a half point favorites? Yeah, because, I mean, it's essentially a home game for the Rams. Again, I mean, we, we, we can call it a neutral game. We can say that Cincinnati's technically the home team. But the fact of the matter is, like as I touched on, the Rams will be at their home practice facility this week, staying in their home bed, home locker room, home sideline, home jerseys, home fans. I mean, it's, it's essentially like a home game. And so they were three-and-a-half-point favorites against, uh, against San Francisco. I was a little bit more surprised by that line. I did not uh, foresee them being a favorite in that game because, listen, San Francisco had beaten them six straight games. A couple of those games were not close. So this line makes sense to me. I mean, it's jump some. I think immediately after the game Sunday, they were were favored by three and a half, so it jumped a point. But, yeah, not a shock if you consider this a home game. Do you think this is going to be a high-scoring game? Because we've been trying to discuss that in terms of like how these coaches are going to go about this game and these players, how they're going to handle the moment. Do you think this is going to be a higher-scoring game, or do we maybe see the defenses rise to the occasion? I, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I mean, a lot of my reasoning for liking that line and for the Rams to win by a touchdown really goes to the pressure, I believe, that the Rams' defense will put on Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. And so, you know, I, I you know, I... I kind of like where the line is right now. I mean, I see it being, you know, you know, 28 to 20 or something along those lines. So, I mean, I mean, again, points will be scored, but not like a shoot, not a shootout game. 
Oh, that opens it up then, Barash, for a Super Bowl MVP. Because, yeah. you know, Femi and I, we've been talking about this. A lot of people have been discussing the fact that, okay, quarterbacks, they lead the way with Super Bowl MVPs. But uh, if it's not that type of shootout, like I, I'm thinking uh, Aaron Donald does not have to do too much other than, you know, maybe a sack or two or, 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 or penetration at the line of scrimmage or something to where he gets a, a, a ton of mentions to where he possibly could win Super Bowl MVP. Are you thinking that way in terms of the Super Bowl MVP being wide open here? Well, 100%. I mean, I, mean, I, I think a big defensive play, the, a defensive player is certainly in the mix. Again, I think of Moonhaft Stafford has a big game. You know, if, if, if Cooper Cup continues to do what he does, I do like either Matthew Stafford or Donald. I think if Donald gets a couple of big sacks, a couple of big uh, plays in the game. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's wide open. Yeah, Aaron Donald right now 16-1 to at BetMGM to be Super Bowl 56 MVP. He is Arash Markazi, host of the Arash Markazi Show on ESPN Radio. Arash, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, have fun out there. Radio Row, are you going to be out there? I will be there. Hope to see you guys. There we go. Arash will be out there in the flesh for Super Bowl 56 in L.A. How about that? Rams 28, Bengals 20 is what he's feeling. So that would be the Rams and the under by the hook there right. with the total line at 48 and a half. Wow. How about that? Um, I hope it doesn't happen because I already bet over. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Super Bowl, yeah, alert. Super Bowl MVP, I know. I mean, with quarterbacks, um, I, I don't know. I mean, can if it's low scoring, like – opens up the board, right? It really I mean, does. Running back comes up a super uh, receiver for sure, but uh, defensively even. It, yeah, it, it really does. We're seeing right now Matthew Stafford as the favorite at plus 135. Mm-hmm. Donald has actually gone down to 12 to 1 yeah. at BetMGM. I'm looking at the odds board right now. So there's a little bit of movement towards mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. He's the best player in football, so I can see why at odds of that juicy. But it seems like a very specific game that has to play out for Aaron Donald. I want to discuss Super Bowl MVP more in depth with you to start our number three because that is a very fascinating market to where you can kind of extrapolate some interesting value pending on how you think the game will unfold next week. We are seven days away. I keep saying it because I'm getting more and more excited. (laughs) On the other side, our number three, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. 